All right, so we're looking at Romans 12. Now, I do not have Jim's slide or show or PDF file, whatever it is he uses. So I got the book and I got the Bible. Though, actually, I did, I did all my notes here with the, with the verses. So I have everything we need for this. Now, last week, we talked about, now this is Romans 12. Last week, we talked about the first two verses, about uh, being living sacrifices, following God's will, and renewing our minds, transforming ourselves through God's word. So now we want to continue from verse 3 on. And I just want to take this, Romans 12 is like, Paul is giving us instructions on how to live and be as a Christian. I mean, this is, all this is very uh, important stuff. So I just want to take this a verse at a time. Some of these do go together somewhat, but let's look at verse 3. For I say, through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So God graced him with the wisdom to tell us this, but what's he telling us to do? Not to think more highly of ourselves, but we have a habit of doing that. Right, we have a habit of thinking too much of ourselves, and I, I imagine that we're all guilty of that in some way. I know I can be. So, I mean, sometimes we just think too much of ourselves. And he's telling us to be humble, to have humility, to be modest and, and meek, right? So, how are we supposed to do that, though? In practical ways, how do we do that? Well, I had, I had down here, part of what he was saying was... Uh, we should esteem others as more important than ourselves, right? We should put others in front of ourselves, right? And we yes. should examine ourselves to make sure we're not being blowed up in our pride. Right. We should examine ourselves. This whole, this whole thing, all these verses are about examining ourselves to make sure that we are paying attention and following these instructions as the Lord wants us to do. A lot of this is based right out of Jesus's Sermon on the Mount. If you compared the two, you'd see a lot of similarities in the message. And uh, it's just basic Christianity is what he's telling us. Um, thinking of others first. Now, why, why is it important? Why is it important that we be humble and that we think of others first? Yes. Right. To be like the Lord, we have to be thinking of others first and serving their needs and serving and helping them, right? Right? Does anybody have anything else? I had uh, I had two. I had agreement working together. If we're if we if we don't if we don't think highly of each other, it's gonna be difficult for us to listen and learn from each other and have agreement about different um, different ideas and different things that we read in the Bible. If we're not willing to do that, 
that makes it uh, it makes it difficult for us to be together and work together as a group as the body of Christ. And this is going to be all about all of this as we continue on. Now, notice too, where does our faith come from? We're still just looking in verse three. Well, it comes from God, right? It says, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So as God deals us our faith, now we have to work on our faith and grow it, but he gives us our faith to start with. I, I was going to say something. Yes. Um, in, in order uh, to get it from him, we have to accept it. It's like, you know, a child is being fed by their parent and they're giving them something to eat. Yep. Yeah, we have to accept they have it. To receive it they're not going to get any strength from it. Right. Now, this is for Christians, so yeah, we have to accept it. We have to accept God, we have to accept the Lord, and we have to accept that He gives us this faith, and we do have to accept it from Him. It's a gift. If we don't accept it, then it's a gift that's unused. It's just sitting there, not, not doing anything. Okay, so, verse 4, For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So what's the body he's referring to? Christ's body, the church. Right, the body of Christ, right? The body of Christ, also called the church, the word they use for that is like a, an assembly of people or a group of people called together for a purpose. And that's what we tend to call the church or the body of Christ. But we're each individuals with different talents and abilities, right? So... But even though we have different talents and abilities, we're all in the same body. We're all in the same group. It's not necessarily just a church like a building. It's not a building and it's not a congregation specifically, but it is the body of Christ throughout the whole world. It's all the Christians in the world. So where do our talents or abilities come from? From God, right. They come from God, the same as uh, same as our faith, and we we have to work on those. We have to use those to make them stronger and better. So, why do we need all the differences? I'm sorry, one. Pam. Oh, I was just going to make a comment. Uh, there's a reference over in First uh, Corinthians, uh, the twelfth chapter, the fourteenth verse, that talks about uh, our physical body compared to. The spiritual body, if you want to read that, it's very interesting. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. Oh, well, you're there. Go ahead and read it. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. I don't talk as loud. You have the mic. Well, I do have the mic. <laughs> well, you have to give me a second then. That's uh, 12, 14? Yes, sir. Because I, sometimes I flip it. So, Okay, for in fact, the body is not one member but many, which agrees with what Paul is saying here as well. That we are, we are many people making up this one body of Christ. Continue reading down a few verses, it'll help you. Well, yeah, we're going to get into that, though. That is, that is he's, he's going into some of that, and I mentioned this here. That's part of where we're going, but yes, like, okay, like he does say here, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not of the body, 
Is it therefore not of the body? You know, if the whole body were not, if everybody was the same, you know, uh, where would be the hearing? And this is the same thing that I was getting at with what are the, you know, why do we have the differences? We have to have right? the differences to make up a body because you can be a song leader or prayer or whatever. I may have the ability to greet people or whatever my talent is. And we all work together to bring that as a whole. Right. We need the different abilities because we need people to do different things. We can't, kind of like the comparison Paul's making here, we can't all be the big toe. No. That wouldn't do us any good if we're just a bunch of toes. We need a mouth, we need ears, we need eyes, we need everything, right? So, and that, that's where we were going, so that's, that's exactly where we were going with that. That's about, that's what that verse is about. So, verse 5, So we, being many, are one body in Christ, and individually, members of one another. So together we all form the body of Christ and together that means us here, but that also means Christians everywhere. Um, so does that connect us? And how does that connect us? Or what's that about? I mean, he says members of one another. Well, we're members of one another and our head is Christ. Right. And in our physical body, uh, our head controls our body if it's our brain. So right. in that sense, uh, we look to uh, the head for what we need to do with our body. Yes. Yeah, yeah, we do. We look to Christ as the head to, to, to follow him and tell us what to do. You know, we're all connected in... Uh, yes, go ahead. Uh, we're all united in purpose and aim. We have the same mind and goal. Right. We're all united in the same purpose and uh, in Christ, which was Christ's ministry, right? Which his ministry was to save the lost, to bring those folks to God. And we're all united in that cause. Okay. So, yes. And we're connected as a body, as a family, a group working together for that common goal. So, it's important that we understand that we do, in that sense, belong to one another. We are united and connected in that way. In verse 6, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. So, and he's starting to get into some different abilities or talents we may have or gifts. Um, so what do we do with these gifts from God? We don't keep them to ourselves. Right, we don't keep them to ourselves, right? We use them. We have to share them. If we're an encourager, we need to encourage one another. If we're hospitable and we can make a meal and deliver that to someone who's ill or recovering from something, we can, we can do that. If we can... Uh, take care of the artwork or change right. the light bulb or get up and lead prayer or teach a lesson uh, publicly. Um, we each have different 
skills in those affording jobs breaks. Right. So, yes. And I was going to say, um, some people um, may be physically incapable of doing that, but mm -hmm. Kim had a good idea too that we can be an encouragement. Right. So you know, if we're at the point that uh, we're not able to do all these things, we're not done yet. We can still encourage our brethren. It's like, oh, it's it's good to see you went to Sister So and So's and did that. I know in my day I did that, and I'm so thankful that you're able to do that now, and you're taking the task or, and encourage them. So, oh, it's wonderful that you're doing it. Just keep doing it. Right. We can encourage. We can encourage each other. We can always pray. That's another thing we can always do. I, there are, we're not, we're not done. At any point, as long as we have breath, as long as we're alive here, we're not done. That's just the way it is. Well, God left each and every one of us with some type of talent. Yes. If we will see it and use it. Right. God has given us all some, some talent, some, talent. some ability, if we will just use it and do it. So, because it, it's kind of like a, uh, Let's see, um, here, okay, here he's listing some other things. We're going to go through each of these. So like verse 7, he says, Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering, he who teaches in teaching. So now, what does it mean to minister? Because I always find it interesting. To provide for a need. To provide for a need, okay. Yes, to, to provide for a need, to... Right. Right. In this case, when it says ministry or ministering, it means serving, serving others, helping others, doing for others. And that's that's part of what Paul's going to get into in this chapter too. This chapter covers a lot of things. Yes, I notice different places the saying and use it. Let us use it. And I think of the man that had the one talent. He didn't use it. He buried it. Exactly. <laughs> he just buried his talent in the ground and didn't do anything with it. And you can so easily relate that to any ability, anything you want to do or need to do. If you don't practice it, if you don't try it, you're just gonna. You're just not gonna. You're not gonna move forward. You're not gonna do good with it. You sometimes you have to take a chance and take a little bit of a risk, and hopefully, you know, you will improve and move forward. Sometimes you may drop back a step and then move forward. You know, it. it that's part of life and living and working through these things. So let's see. Okay, so then teaching. We know what teaching is, right? Now, specifically, what's he really concerned with? Teaching the Word of God, right? I mean, that's what he's really concerned with here. That's what we're mostly concerned with when we get together here on Sundays. So that's understandable. Uh, then we move to verse 8. He who exhorts in exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, 
He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Now, what is exhort? Building up. Building up. Encouragement. I, I, I had to look it up because I was thinking I thought to encouragement, which is right. But I just I had to look it up to be sure because I'm like, that's not a word we really use very much. And it's like to urge or um, uh, inspire, advise, encourage, you know, call someone to do something. It's But you're trying to, uh, it's, in, it's in an inspirational way. You're trying to inspire someone to do something good, right? So, but what are we, so what are we encouraging? Right, we're encouraging action, yeah, right, okay. We're encouraging action. We're, what's the action that we want most? It's part of our goal, right? We want people to come to God, to come to the Lord. Right. Love is is very much love is a part of all of this. Yeah, I mean we have to be in love, and he's gonna he's gonna talk about that too. Uh, and we're also encouraging each other to stay faithful, to remain faithful, to keep coming. You know, keep coming, keep. Keep reading the Bible, keep studying, and keep trying to improve ourselves and to keep the self-examination up. All of this has to do with examining ourselves. All right. So let's see. So then we have giving. Now this giving that he's speaking of, what are, what are we giving? What is this giving? I don't think it's more than just giving your contribution. I think it's giving... Anyone who has a need or a purpose or anything, it, it's helping. Right. Giving to anyone who might have a need to help others, right? Giving your time and your energy. Can be. It's not necessarily just money, right? Could be time and energy, whatever resource you may or may not have. I, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't say not. I guess you have to have it to give it, right? So you may, whatever resource you might have. Well, you know, whenever someone has been sick and in the hospital, if you take them a, a plate of food, that's giving, that's helping, that's doing something. Just that taking that time to go visit yeah. with them can be a big deal. I know nowadays it's harder to do with COVID and everything, but normally, under normal circumstances. That yeah, would. I mean, you know, it's, it sounds like it's such a simple, easy thing, but it's something that really builds someone up. It can be really nice to do, yeah. Now, everybody, I mean, we're, we're here together, so, I mean, feel free to speak up if there's anything, okay? I'm not trying to run over anyone if you have anything you want to say or mention, because we need to learn from each other. That's the idea. Um, so, okay. So, we're to, so, how are we to give? How are we supposed to give, regardless of what we're giving? As much as we can, liberally. Liberally, right? Right? Well, we be generous, and the Lord, I think the scripture, but it says, do all things unto the Lord. So, everything that we do, if that means we're giving our time, if we go and we care for someone's children, or clean their home, or hold their fast, do that with, with love, and do that as if you were doing it to the Lord. 
with love, sincerely and with the proper motivation, with love and care. That's how that's how we should be giving. If, if you're giving for other reasons, just to get them out of your face or something, that's that's really not such a good thing. I mean, we probably have instances where that occurs, too. But uh, but when we give sincerely with that proper motivation, that's that's meaningful. That's good. Um, so how should our leaders, I'm, I'm moving on to the next section. I'm trying to take all of this, uh, in kind of a detailed fashion because there's a lot to all of what he's telling us. So how should our leaders lead? What is diligence? Okay. I, I, I did look it up. Like. It does take effort. That's part of it. It's, it's persistent effort and perseverance with attention, meaning you're, you're paying attention, you're trying, you have that effort, and you're persistent. Doesn't mean you're perfect, but at least you're giving it your effort. You're giving it your best. You're trying, you know? Um, because that's, that's what leaders should be doing. That's how, and that goes for everything, not just leaders in the church. That should be everywhere. You shouldn't, but again, we're not perfect. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah, sometimes a leader is still going to be frustrated and, and you know, but that's what we have each other for, though, is to help each other out in those times. That's why they're leaders, because we look to them. Right, right. Yeah, we do. We look to our leaders. They should be setting that example. They should be doing those things. It's very true. So then we move to he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So what do they mean by showing mercy in this case? So forgiveness, forgiveness is one form of mercy, definitely. Yes, that is. Forgiveness and lenience was also a part. I was looking at a lot of this like in a interlinear Bible to try to see, you know, as much as I could about this. So and lenience is also involved, forgiveness and lenience, but lenience, but um I found one phrase and I copied it right out, and I think it's from Mounts, uh, who's a like Greek translator. It's not me, okay? So this is their quote. I thought this was a good quote. Show pity to another who is in serious need, usually with a focus on an act of kindness that will help meet the need. So that was how they were saying this mercy meant there. That was It was useful, helpful mercy that we would make an act of kindness to help them. So that's another variation of, help, of uh, mercy. It seems like a lot of humility is part of mercy because that could be us. And we might have that moment of great need. And if others judge us and, and don't show pity towards us, um, 
God to look at us and judge us and hold a grudge and say, ah, oh, look at that. They, they say they're this or they say they're that and they're a mess. We all have times that things are a mess. Humility is a huge part of it, and that's why Paul, I think, mentioned that back in verse 3, started us off with, first of all, we need to be humble, and then moving through through this. At least I think that was probably his thought process, because that's the way it reads, you know. So, let's see. So, verse 9, unless anybody else has anything on verse 8. Verse 9, let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil, cling to what is good. So, how can love be hypocritical? Well, you could uh, say you love someone and do them a favor and then turn around and talk to one of your brothers and say, you know, I don't think they really appreciate what I did for them. <laughs> That's kind of hypocrisy. Okay, all right, so you could, uh, let's see, so that's almost like, that's kind of deceitful, backstabbing type of thing. Is there any other ways love can be hypocritical? It's not sincere. When it's not sincere. When it's for a show or if you have some ulterior motive, right? Because a lot of times we know in the world that happens a lot. So we have to be careful that we're not acting out of a desire for well, like I said, some ulterior motive and that we're not doing it for a show, which that in itself would be an ulterior motive. So if we move to the next part, it says abhor what is evil. So what is, that's a word we don't use a lot either. What is abhor? Extreme, extreme hate. Extreme hate. It is extreme hate. Loathing, detesting, despising. Am I ringing? In the thing, I'll have to turn that down a little bit. A little bit. Sorry, I'll turn it down a little bit. I thought it was just my hearing aids. No, it's not. I think the speakers are ringing just a little bit. Um, so, now I lost my place. There we are. Right, and one, one description of this also said, have horror of, like you're just, you're just so put off by evil that you're just totally, you know, in horror of it. So I thought that was an interesting idea, too. You want to stay away from it extremely bad. You loathe and detest it, detest it and have horror of it. It's extreme hate and extreme dislike. That, yes? That is very interesting interpretation definition because it talks about the things that God hates. He hates the lying tongue and, you know, Blasphemy, like the list of things that God hates. It is a horror to him. He is pure and holy. He can have no fellowship, no connection to it. Right. It is just an abomination. God can't have fellowship with any of those things, right? Because those are totally against his nature. So, okay, that makes good sense. Does anyone have anything else on that? Okay, then we have the third part of this verse. This verse, I love it. It's got three simple statements, and it says, cling to what is good. So what is clinging? Hold tight. Hold tight. Hold tight, grasp, grip, adhere to, hold on to, 
um, join to, you know, but I really think of clinging. Like I always, first thing I think of, and it's probably from some crazy movie where some dude is hanging on the cliff of a mountain and he's just clinging for dear life. That's what I always think of. That's the first thing I think of. It's just, but, but that's, we should be clinging to what is good, the good things in life. Those are things we should be holding on to always and not, not giving those up. Child being, you know, to her mother, to oh, her that's a very that's good one, too. Clingy. I was very clingy when I was little. I know I was. Yeah, I was. I, don't make any bones about it. I was. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense because that's your, at that time, as a little child, your mother, she's like your world. She's like the source of everything for you. You know, <laughs> it's like, that's, uh, so that's a very good example. It's excellent. Um, okay, so, and again, I'm, I'm going to, I think I'm going to finish this here. It's, it's uh, time to close up, but we want to remember these are points of self-examination. Now, next week, I don't have a pen. I'll mark this in a minute. Next week, we'll pick up with uh, verse 10 and move forward, unless Jim is back and then he can pick up with verse 10. But nonetheless, we will uh, move forward next week on this. I want to thank you all for your attention, your time, your comments, and everything.